I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Tolkien lover in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. And man who's going to struggle well, with we'll see about this that. competition <laughs> filled with anxiety and tension. We shall see, my <laughs> good man. I actually was was curious. Do you, so it's it's well known that, that TJ has to drink a bottle of Pepto before public speaking. Yeah, we have done these a couple times. Yeah, is it? Uh, do you feel do you feel the competition anxiety? Coming into I these? I don't I like competition. I'm not competitive at all. I I like being in the midst of competition. I don't like it when the other person is too competitive about it. Like I like good sport. Yeah. There it is. Uh, I'm just not that competitive. So and, and I never see our audience, so I don't feel the same kind of pressure that I do when I'm public speaking. Ah, that's yeah. a good one. Our audience comes later for me. And by the time we're done recording and post it, I don't even think about the audience anymore. Sorry, folks. <laughs> I don't know why I started there. That was just a reflection I had coming in. I was like, I wonder I wonder how, how TJ Phil's coming into these. Yeah, things. you're anyway, much more competitive than I am. I, I am. I have to I have to tap that down. I like, I, I'm very aware. It works so. though, because I, I like good sport, so Right? Come on. Well, we are typing the Lord of the Rings characters. Yeah. If you get into these sorts of series, we're real appreciative because we love doing them. Right. Yeah. This is a blast for us. So for those of you who hate it when we do the pop culture stuff, we're really sorry. Uh, We will have, we have actually a full docket for 2022. Uh, It's going to be mostly going back to our around the circle. Here's our topic and talking through all of the types. Um, And we're really excited for where we're going. Little less nerd culture going on. Little less. Uh, Not none, because we can't get away from it, but less. Well, for those of you who are Lord of the Rings fans, but have not yet gotten into the Enneagram so much, we're going to do some basics as we go. We're talking about the types, the personality types of these characters in this series. Uh, the Lord of the Rings is fantastic on this front because there's so many characters with all sorts of different motives. And if you could put a name to those motives, it allows you to talk about the depth uh, of the character, of what they're doing, why they're doing it, and perhaps even see yourself in those characters. So we're going to be typing these characters. And of course, there's only one rule when typing other people that we must obey. What's that rule, TJ? Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's bad news. It's, uh, it's unfair. It's dangerous. It's, uh, we cheat by, by doing it with fictional characters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just not a bad, it's not a good way to use those systems. In good news, we can type fictional characters because they don't exist. Right. And part of the work of great authors, great filmmakers, is trying to elevate the inner lives of the characters that they're creating. And that allows us a platform, a shared platform across pop culture to talk to, to all, all those listening about characters that we see, know, and understand. Can't do that with real people, though. Right. And you also can't do it with bad writing. Like, that's, that's one of the good things about about good writing for in, in books and in, in screenplays and, and different things. It's when the characters are written well, you see their motivation. You, you get to experience what's behind. So that's, and it's just part of good writing. Bang. So we're hitting all of these personality types in these fictional characters, exposing their motives. Uh, TJ and I have selected 20 characters from The Lord of the Rings. We have gone our separate ways and we have typed each character on our own. And we're going to go through each of the numbers. And if our character's number is the same, we're going to spend some time talking about why we saw that motive in that character. And if we differ, 
we will say punt and we'll send it down the road for our typing throwdown episode, which will come on the back side. So that's what I got. Great. You got anything else before we get into our deep dive here? Yeah, I've got one note. Well, actually, two things to say about Lord of the Rings. And, and first and foremost, uh, it's really important for you all to remember that we are only talking about the films. We are not talking about the books. We have both read the books and we love them. And we know that there are there's more richness and depth and, and there's different things to say about the characters from books versus the movies. But, but for accessibility, for time, for... Uh, just just because this is what we chose, we are only talking about the characters as portrayed in the movies by Peter Jackson. So that's that's the first thing. And then I also, um, one of the reflections that I came to as I was going through this was, uh, I think this is a, this particular writing, like the, these, these stories provide us a really good opportunity to talk about another facet, which doesn't come up particularly with us a lot is that, that culture and race and, uh, d- the different ways that we are sort of brought up and taught and, and in the environments in which we're in, these have an influence on personality. Mm. And, and I think that like, in a hundred years, this is going to be a major part of people talking about the Enneagram. It's not right now. Uh, you can find it in pockets, but it's not a, a huge part of the discussion. But when you think about uh, men, dwarves, elves, wizards, uh, the, the different types of cultures that exist in the Lord of the Rings storytelling. Middle Earth is filled with different types of people, and those people have different types of values. And so those those cultural influences come through in the characters. So all dwarves exhibit certain types of personality behaviors, and you sort of have to have to work through some of that to get to the motivation behind it. All elves exi- exhibit certain personality behaviors. So uh, I, I think that that's going to be a, a really interesting and rich part of our discussion is, is talking about the cultural and racial influence of these characters on how their personality expresses itself. Yeah, agreed. One of my favorite things that we first did on our Instagram feed was to type the houses of uh, Game of Thrones. Same kind of story there, though. Sure. The race, where you're coming from, right, can be expressed through your type. That's good. Well, I'm excited for that element. Oh, man. It's go. It's go time. So it begins. I want to start with the twos. We're going to jump into the heart triad. Our intro had a bunch of head and gut, so oh. you can jump into the twos. Uh, starting with the twos, you want to describe... We're, there's a couple of characters on my list worth yeah. talking about here. Same. For folks who are new, can you describe Enneagram twos and their motive? Yeah. Uh, so the basic things to know about type twos is that type twos uh, view themselves through their relationships, through the sort of lens of other people, and and... They are interested in finding their value in how they help and serve the people around them. They, they are valuable when they are useful to other people. Well, I want to start with the twos because little known fact, Tolkien himself acknowledged that there is a chief hero of his tale. One of the characters emerges, rises, and is central to the destruction of the One Ring. This character is a servant, dare we say a helper, he is a long-suffering companion who continually gets aggressively defensive, wants to be loved, easily merges, and often is positive in hardship. And uh, that's why I'm going to start with one Samwise Gamgee as my first two. Where you got Sam on your list? I do not have Samwise Gamgee as a two. <sighs> We're punting immediately. We are punting right away. Well, that's unfortunate because I got great. <laughs> I spent most of my morning just doubling down on, on uh, what am I going to say about the Sam? If it helps at all, you and basically everyone else thinks that Sam is a two, and I am went somewhere else. Not even a little bit convinced that that is correct. Bang. Well, do we want to talk about where where our punts land, or shall we save it as a mystery? I think that Sam is a six. Uh, I. Looking at this, thought you might think that Sam is a six, and I didn't even uh, 
put that in my notes. Huh? There you go. Well, go. I got only one other two. You got another two? I have five twos. Come on. We're going to be punting <laughs> a bunch. Well, what's your first? <laughs> my two, my other two is probably not the character we want to start with. So what's your other two? My other one is uh, Mary. Yeah, Mary is a Mary. two. Yeah, Mary is Mary a is two. two. I don't think he knows about second breakfast, Pip. What about elevensies? All right. Well, I'm punting there as well. All I right. got I got I got Mary as a seven. Okay. I didn't actually consult the interweb. Oh yeah. The uh, the internet is it it's a very interesting collection of ideas about what types these characters are. And yeah. when I say interesting, I think almost <laughs> everyone is wrong. That's what I mean by across the board. Mary is a two. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, give me another one. All right. How about Smeagol? No. Yes. Well, this will be interesting since uh, you got Smeagol as a two. I got Smeagol as a six. I have. I'm gonna. And I, I actually separated Gollum and Smeagol. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Well, that. I don't think that'll be difficult uh, if we want to go down that road. But Yeah. yeah. I think the schism there is there's there's two different personalities at work. Sure, 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 sure. I continue to like our Tyler Durden deep dive idea mm, that yeah, I get that. Smeagol's creating a personality to obey. Sure, but the personality doesn't exist. But I get that. we could talk about we could certainly talk about Gollum. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, you got you got two other twos. I have three other twos. Come on. I think Arwen. Is it two? If you want him, come and claim him. Huh? Man, we're going to have a long <laughs> debate, aren't we? I have Arwen as a three. Okay. I really like this character, and I don't know that there's much else to say there. Sure. We're starting off hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, who else you got as a two? Galadriel. Ah! Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is you saw. All right, I got Gladriel as a five. Uh, a quick note, and we'll talk more about this when we actually throw down, but I think there's um, Galadriel and Arwen in particular give us an opportunity to talk about something that we don't talk about very much, which is subtypes. Because mm-hmm. I think they're both twos, but I think they're both uh, good representations of specific subtypes of twos. I think mm. that Arwen is a sexual two and Galadriel is a social two. That'll be. I'm. I'm. I'm excited to see what you say there. Yep. Bang. Last one. Last one. Denethor. <laughs> no. <laughs> one of the most okay. deeply unhealthy characters we've ever <laughs> talked about. Come, sing me a song. I looked at Denethor as a two for a long time, and I landed on three. But I think he's right on that line for sure. Yep. Uh, there's a for many reasons but which we might talk about. Well, I only got one other two. My other two was also a villain, and that would be one worm tongue. Yeah, and I put worm tongue as a five. Villain is five. Five. Come on. All right. Rock and roll, man. That's We're hilarious to, to me. That's hilarious to me. Well you got <laughs> not a single agreement there. <laughs> We're punting all of these. We're gonna move to the threes apparently. You want to describe the inner life of a three? Sure. So uh, threes also being in the same sort of central triad as twos, they are their their sort of focus on the world is about other people and how other people see them. And threes are very interested in looking successful and avoiding the appearance of failure in in essentially doing things that are worthy of praise and then accepting that praise. They love getting gold stars, and they they work really hard to be good enough to gain those stars. Well, I already said that I think Arwen, to be distinguished from Eowyn, who is uh, the Rohan princess. Right. Uh, Arwen is Liv Tyler's character, and I, and I had Denethor as a three. So both those, I suppose, are on the line for us when we get to our punts. And I have two other threes. I only have one three Boom. in the who, whole story. Who is your three? Legolas. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I got Legolas as a five, and I got Gimli, son of Glowin, as a three. Yes. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? 
Or would you like me to find you a box? <laughs> was, I, I spent a long time working on Gimli as a three. Working yeah. on a, like, I have a pretty solid argument for Gimli as a three. But in the end, I switched. Boom. Yeah. Well... I heard it. I heard tell that you might be looking at Gimli as a three, <laughs> and, and it's a, and I hit my head and I was like, how did I not see that? Yeah, it shifted me completely. Well, and then my other three, alongside Gimli, Arwen, and Denethor, is Theoden. I think that Denethor and Theoden are mirror images. Mm-hmm. You can see it in their names. Their names are are uh, what do you call it? It's Theoden and it's, Denethor. Uh, You're taking the the roots. One of us has a degree in English, them. so should know this. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking the roots and you're swapping them. I assume Theo meaning God and Den. I don't know what Den would be. I'll look it up before we talk about it. But I think that um, these are parallel characters who express threeness in a real interesting way for me in True. terms of their image consciousness and standing in the places of kings. Yeah. So I get that. I put uh, Theoden as a six. How did it come to this? Oh. So I could easily... Yeah. There's there's a line there for sure. It's living on the line. Come on. We're done with the threes. You got any fours? I do have fours. Ah, I have, I have zero fours. I have two fours. <laughs> you have two fours. Come yeah. on. Who are your fours? Uh, so uh, first and foremost, fours capping off the that heart triad. Fours are, again thinking about themselves in terms of other people. Uh, But fours in particular are looking at the world and seeing how they are sort of missing something. They're much more introspective than the other two. And um, they're very concerned with authenticity. They're very concerned with with beauty and seeing beauty and expressing beauty and, and truth in the world. Very conscious of their own inner life want others to mirror their own emotional connection with those truths and beauties that they see in the world. Yeah. Who are you guys for? So the fours that I have, the, the most important and most misunderstood four. Come on. Frodo Baggins. I was sitting on Frodo as a four the entire time. Yeah. And then I moved in the last minute to one. Okay. You're late. I think that his fourness gets expressed in stress. Similar sure. discussion that we're going to have with Theoden. Yeah. Uh, and it was the, a similar discussion that we had with Ian Holmes' Bilbo. Right. Both of us are taking a number that's on the line, and so the real conversation is about security and stress. Right. Yep. That'll be fun. I think it's very likely that Frodo's a four. So yeah. I want to. I'm not and and most importantly, there. it is mm-hmm. not likely that he's a nine, like the entire internet says. So right. if you think that Frodo is a nine, I'm sorry, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Stay tuned to hear why. Bang. And you got one other four? Yep. Faramir. Really? Yep. Okay. I got I got Faramir as a nine. Chance for Faramir, captain of Gondor. To show his quality. Okay. The second son of Denethor. Okay, I can see definitely, that. We'll have that definitely discussion. Definitely a withdrawn type. Do you think that? I, I, I wrestled with uh, Faramir between nine and two. I kept going back and forth there. I thought he might be an earner who wanted mm. attention. Actually, I, I really thought initially he was a three, but not aggressive enough. Yeah, I think there's there's too much. I He strikes me as a very withdrawn character. Yeah. Boom. All right, man. Well, you want to you want to describe <laughs> the fives. So, moving into head types, uh, type five uh, is processing the world through information, collection of data, and understanding. Um, consummate observers, they are uh, very interested in protecting themselves by collecting and keeping their resources and having enough information to understand what's going on. I got four fives. So do I. I already mentioned two of them. I already mentioned one, Wormtongue. You got Wormtongue, and I mentioned Gladriel and Legolas. 
Uh, my first then would be Eowyn. I think Eowyn's a five. Okay. And you had Eowyn as a six. I am no man. On the line for us there, or on the wing. Yep. We're going to land with a... <laughs> I assume that you stuck. I'll assume that you stuck with previous typing that we did in our villain series. We did talk about Saruman as a five. Did Saruman make your list as a five? I I was perfectly comfortable with accepting him as a five for reasons that we have stated previous previously. <laughs> So I I did not move Saruman off of five. Lots of future fear. Lots of using the resources of the past to engage the the things that are coming. Right. Very comfortable in his head and has an appetite for information, Mm -hmm. which is his downfall. You got got anything we're saying then on Saruman? Protects himself in his fortress. Uh Uh-huh. There Uh, it is. He... The big pointer for me is the conversation when he is trying to convince Gandalf to join Sauron. Sauron has regained much of his former strength. He cannot yet take physical form, but his spirit has lost none of its potency. Concealed within his fortress, the Lord of Mordor sees all. His gaze pierces cloud, shadow, earth, and flesh. You know of what I speak, Gandalf. A great eye, lidless, wreathed in flame. We have sorrow. He is gathering all evil to him. Very soon he will have summoned an army great enough to launch an assault upon Middle-earth. Saruman is basically looking at the way that things are going and saying this is the most reasonable path is to just join the inevitable evil. Yep. There's a nihilistic side to Saruman on this front right. that comes out in Unhealthy Fives. Against the power of mortal, there can be no victory. There's a despairing side there, and it comes out of his knowledge right. of seeing all that Sauron is doing through the Palantir. Right. And and much like we discussed with, um, we believe that villainy arises from an unhealthy move to the security point. Yep. And I think Saruman is an excellent example of how that looks when a five who is unhealthy but very secure moves to eight and becomes this sort of tyrant who doesn't care about how he's affecting other people, what hurt or harm he's doing. He is just looking to dominate life. Yep. Treebeard describes him as having a mind of metal and wheels. And there's the image of him weaponizing his knowledge, mm-hmm. both in creating the Urukai. So it's like this bio weapon, you know, experimentation i'm gonna i'm gonna use my knowledge of biology to create these new orcs that can exist in sunlight and are bigger and faster Mm -hmm. and then he obviously he puts his mind to use in creating explosives which have apparently not been seen like warm tongues not aware of them theoden's not aware of explosives right but that's how he penetrates him helms deep right and just the the use of industry in general like he yep he the the mind to organize and structure the making of not only Ur, the urukai but all their weapons yep and armor and whatnot yeah tolkien who is a medievalist loves that world the world of chivalry the world of the organic yeah it's it's virtue and knighthood reign and saruman is a modern person Mm -hmm. Uh, he says the world is changing who has the strength to stand against the armies of isengard and mordor the old world will burn in the fires of industry the forests will fall a new order will rise 
We will drive the machine of war with the sword and the spear and the iron fist of the orc. It's not about power, and specifically for him, it's mechanized power that's been discovered, and we're moving into this modern place where mm-hmm. the trees don't matter, life doesn't matter. His fear moves him to to wanting to dominate yeah. in a, in that villainous eight way. Yep, these resources exist to serve. They 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 don't exist for their own purpose. They can be utilized to provide the security that I'm looking for. Yep, damming the river, cutting down the forest. These resources at his doorstep mm-hmm. are are being used for his own security. Build a dam, block the stream, work the furnaces, night and day. We don't have enough fuel to feed the fires. The forest of Fangorn lies on our doorstep. Burn it. Yes! Yeah, that's a good way to put it. If you want to do a deeper dive into that, we, we spent a lot of time on Saruman in our, in our Villainous 5 episode. With, uh, that was the Hannibal Lecter episode. Yep. Good stuff there. Yeah. That whole series. That whole series is good. Just in case you get into this, well worth going back and listening to our villains series. We, TJ and I don't disagree on any of those characters. Right, yeah. That one worked. <laughs> Speaking of disagreeing, yeah. I have two more fives. Bring them. Elrond. It's because of men the ring survives. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. I, I debated about him for a long time, and then something sort of clicked into place, and was like, oh, there it is. There's the five. Elrond I wanted to spend more time on. I didn't think we'd get this. I thought that we'd be four hours into this conversation by now. <laughs> There's no chance that we're getting uh, all the way there. Um, yeah, I have the whole Elrond. first episode might just be a list. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I have Elrond as one. Okay. But a lot of the stuff that he says, especially in Return of the King, has a lot more five, I think, going mm-hmm. on. So I could Agreed. certainly see that so I'll, i'm gonna argue for one but okay. uh will not be surprised when i move off excellent who's your other five well this is one of the places where i branched away from what we said in the past ah oh gandalf Probably you fools <laughs> well, and one of the few places where i agree with the internet really the internet had gandalf as a five everyone typed gandalf as a five really yeah I wonder if there's not something between this. His conversion is so severe. It feels like it's a mm-hmm. different character. Gimli says something like, This new Gandalf's more grumpy than the old one. Yeah. I have a lot to say about Gandalf, and I think he's actually important for us to discuss in the realm of typing. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I'll be excited to see that. I have Gandalf as an eight. And But here's the thing, just like Denethor is the shadow of Theoden, Saruman is the shadow of Gandalf. And I suppose if we wanted to go down that road, Gollum is the shadow of Frodo, but that wouldn't work into either of our arguments. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, kind of. Two, four. A little bit. Works a little bit for me. Oh, there you go. I guess on the stress side. Yeah, yeah. Well, excellent. Well, we're going to... You know, pull apart some characters here coming up. Yeah. We'll just have this will be <laughs> we need to relabel this episode as uh typing disagreements or something, <laughs> something like a that. A prequel. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you want to move to the sixes? I bet Let's you we have sixes. we have one character that's gonna be the same here. No, we don't. We don't? No. I have Boromir as a six. I do not. That that's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about sixes real quick. Sixes in the center of that head triad. They are looking for their security through preparation and through alignment with an authority figure or a hierarchy or a system of belief. They are looking to uh, make sure they are prepared and supported for all of the dangers which they can see coming. And they are filled with self-doubt and uh, because of that doubt, they are also filled with doubt about how everything is going to work. They are very good at seeing danger all around them and all of the ways that things are going to go badly. And this, this sort of fills them with fear. And in order to 
protect themselves from that fear, from all of the dangers. They, they look for support from outside of themselves. You did just did a great job describing the inner life of Boromir right no, there. That's that crazy was talk. phenomenal. <laughs> Boromir's just trying to do what's right. Oh, really? Okay. Well, Boromir we're is move. a one. Got Boromir is a one. That's interesting. Okay. I'm going to think on that. Not with 10,000 men could you do this. It is folly. And then I had Gollum as a six. So you got any other sixes? Uh, I already mentioned Sam and Eowyn. Bang. <laughs> well, you want to describe the sevens? <laughs> so capping off the head triad, sevens are looking to protect themselves from their, uh, f- uh, to find their security in opportunity, in not being stuck, in finding the next thing, in uh, having fun and enjoying life and making sure everyone around them enjoys life as well. So they're, they're looking it, for the fun. It makes way more sense to me that you typed... Mary is a two because this allows you to type Pippin as a seven. What about second breakfast? Pippin as a seven. Yeah. Have you? Did you figure out what I did? No, tell me. The nine members of uh-huh. the fellowship can be nine different types. Ah. See, I just went for uh, what they actually are, so I wasn't trying to <laughs> fit them into some predetermined box. I had I had to do a little bit of contorting <laughs> until I moved Gimli off of three. <laughs> And then things sort of shifted into place for me. Well, I have, I'm going to punt Pippin also. Uh, I got Pippin as a nine. All right. Um, Pippin, I thought, was the hardest character to type. I had Pippin oh, as I a four, two, disagree. six, seven, nine. I think Pippin Very is tricky. the easiest character to type. Mm. All right, we're on to eights. Cool. <laughs> Do you want to describe Moving the eights? On to eights. Type eights. We move into the body triad with eights and the eights are the type that they are aggressive. They are big personalities. They are looking to make sure that they are never controlled by another person. And in this way, they protect themselves. They protect their own inner vulnerabilities. And they also use that the strength that they are projecting to protect others. And they're very interested in, in truth and justice and uh, in who has the power. This is one of the big things for them is who has the power and is that person going to use their power to take advantage of me? And if they are, then I am going to take the power. I had two eights. Uh, Gandalf was first on my list. The second one that I had on my list was Eomir, who okay. is the uh, brother of Eowyn. I failed to type Aomir. He did, I didn't realize how little he actually says and right. does. Yeah, he does not have much presence in the movies at all. Really, the two big scenes we see with him is when uh, he confronts Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas mm-hmm. on the plains of Rohan. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. Yeah. It's an aggressive tactic. He comes up on him. There's very much a who's in charge here dynamic taking place. Yeah. When he realizes that they are on his side and needing help, he elevates them, gives them power. Uh, when he has been kicked out of his uncle's home, um, it's because he was defending his sister, and he's doing so very aggressively. How long is it since Saruman born you? What was the promised price, Grima? When all the men are dead, you will take your share of the treasure? Too long have you watched my sister. Too long have you haunted her steps. And again, there's, there's that conversation with Wormtongue that's, uh, there's a, just a lot of aggressive energy coming forth from him. And, and protective energy. Yep. He ends up alongside Gandalf being the one to save Helm's Deep at the the end when the coming of the light. But there may be, in short, a vengeful side there of his own motive of withdrawing for a time and then exerting his power, you know, when he has the opportunity. Sure. When he first comes up on Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, he says, What business does an elf, a man, and a dwarf have in the Riddermark? Speak quickly. The way that's communicated, just 
it's not just looking for information, but it's also establishing that he's in charge. Right. That's good enough for me. Bang. Settle on him as Nate. Was that our first agreement? No. No. We second. have a Sorry, <laughs> second. We got two. Yay. <laughs> well, we got two more types. We got nines and ones. Uh, nines you want to describe ones. the nines? Uh, type nines being in the center of that body triad. Nines are looking to maintain peace to uh, keep things sort of calm and and avoid conflict uh, whenever possible. And because of that, they are sort of asleep to themselves and they sort of merge with the the desires of other people. Yeah, they're they're just they're they're spending a lot of energy trying to keep things peaceful because they hate conflict. I don't want to jinx it by saying I assume that we have the same nine to start off in your fellowship, but you're welcome. <laughs> Who's your fellowship at nine? Aragorn. I got Aragorn as a nine. Yes. Let's talk about it. Also, the internet is very wrong about Aragorn as well. What was the internet's uh, uh they, they put him all over the place. There's a lot of six. Uh, some There's some one, which I, I get some one, but... No, I think Aragorn's a nine. The yep. dude spent 80 years <laughs> avoiding who he is. That's, I, that is primary to this That's character. It. I don't even have any quotes. I just have that. <laughs> Put aside the ranger. Become who you are born to be. It's slightly withdrawn, uh, conflict avoider. Doesn't want to step into that space uh, where there's going to be a ton of demands thrust upon him. Right. And 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 notice when his sort of aggressiveness comes out, like you, you see it in in battle several times, and like you you see him sort of react in really big ways, but it's always a little bit inappropriate. Oh, sure, okay, yeah, talk about that. So when uh, so the the thing that happens in the conversation with Aomir. Uh, is that they find out that uh, Eomir and his horsemen killed a ton of orcs who were supposed to have Merry and Pippin. And so they go and they 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 find signs that Merry and Pippin had also been killed mm-hmm. in this this slaughter. It's one of their belts. And what does Aragorn do? He <laughs> like kicks the crap out of a helmet. <laughs> Like, you know those things that... are not light. <laughs> and he just like just launches that thing because he's so mad and his anger just bursts out of him. I'm sure you've heard this that Vigo Mortensen broke his foot when doing that. Of course he did. <laughs> because you that's what happens when you kick a helmet like that. And that's exactly how a nine would re- react to that. Break his foot doing something stupid out of anger. And also, like, uh, I think it's during Helm's Deep when he just launches himself off the side of the wall into... Sure. Like, he yeah. just, like, like he, he sees someone die, and then he just, like, lunges and jumps off the wall. Like, that's not strategic. It's not appropriate. Like, it's just his anger bursting out of him. A couple of things that strike me just in terms of the character themselves, this is a withdrawn character. Yeah. Uh, he is very comfortable in these old clothes he's probably had for 60 years. Right. Finds his spaces. That nineness materializes in that he's a bridge between men and elves mm-hmm. and can see the perspectives of other races very cleanly and art, give articulation to their viewpoints. And that right. he often is doing that right. in the sort story. Of aligning himself in both camps as well. Like there's there's a merging with the elves when he's with the elves. There's a merging with men when he's with men. Mm-hmm. And 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 to that point, there's also a, a an expressed sense of belonging for him that you see in in places in in pieces throughout. Like like he 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 grew up in Rivendell, and so so when he is in Rivendell, there's there's a sense of of belonging there. And this is a, a good theme for nines when when he is um, there's a really great sort of argument with him and Legolas. These are the soldiers. 
Most have seen too many winters, or too few. Look at them. They're frightened. You can see it in their eyes. Like Legolas basically says, these people are gonna die. They should be afraid. There's no chance they can win. Then I shall die as one of them. And aligns himself. Like uh, he says, I belong here. Even though he doesn't really. Like that's that's not even that's not even the kingdom that he's a king of. Yep. And but he thoroughly aligns himself with them. Yeah, Theoden is routinely pushing Aragorn away in becoming part of Rohan. And mm-hmm. yet still. That's a that's a good one. That's another one of those places of explosive anger. Yeah. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a meme that's out there that has Legolas and Aragorn speaking, and it just says something elvish, something elvish, something elvish. Then I shall die as one of them. Right. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and all the people that are around that are around them that they're speaking of their future death. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> Legolas in uh, Aragorn's relationship, I think, highlights his nineness a lot. There's a part, there's a point where Legolas steps up at the Council of Elrond. The One Ring answers to Sauron alone. It has no other master. And what would a ranger know of this matter? This is no mere ranger. He is Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Yeah. And heir to the throne. It's very defensive of Aragorn. And Aragorn... Have a bad, Legolas. Tells him to sit down. Right. Very gently. Shh, don't, don't. It's okay. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> you, you don't need to hold me up like that. Lots of fear uh, attributed to him. Eowyn, when watching him wrestle in front of the sword... Why do you fear the past? You're not your, your, your ancestors. You are a sealed door's heir. Not a sealed door himself. You are not bound to his fate. The same blood flows in my veins. Same weakness. Right. But he has a self-critical side. I suppose I, I don't know what to do with this. Aside from there's some six here and there's some one wing. Of, he's very aware of his weaknesses. Mm. perhaps. I don't know if nines would naturally just be aware of their weaknesses, but that's something that he's struggling with. This is, this is a point that um, I'm not sure how to articulate this, but I think there's a, the, the, the message that we sort of live with is that it's not okay to assert ourselves Mm -hmm. and, and that we're not important enough to make a big deal about things. And, the the message that that we need to hear the like our heart's message is that our presence matters, and so for someone like Aragorn and I I think that like I have felt this and I think I would bet that there are a lot of nines out there that have felt this as well that that sense of sort of longing but also a deeper knowing that you have Im- something important to do you have something important to contribute is also like it at battle with that sense that your presence doesn't matter and so like that that is a big part of the exhaustion for nines like nines have the least amount of energy of all types and i think that is part of it that at that at at the core and and again i'm i'm speaking for myself and i think aragorn but uh, at, at the core, there's a sense that you have something important to bring. And at the same time, you feel like you are not important enough to bring that thing. And, and that sense, I think, is, is displayed really nicely with Aragorn, that, that he is fighting his own destiny because he feels like he's not important enough to be the one, you know? Agreed. Um, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about his relationship with his extended family <laughs> and okay. and how his 
kingliness comes forth when he mm-hmm. actually is secure. His relationship with Elrond is routinely a space where he is pushing for peace. He has a woman who loves him and really desires him to be her companion. She's willing to sacrifice her future for him. You said you'd bind yourself to me, forsaking the immortal life of your people. And to that I hold. I would rather share one lifetime with you than face all the ages of this world alone. And he has a hard time getting there, in part from his own fears, but in part because Elrond's very clear that he doesn't want Aragorn to be part of the family. He wants right. his, his daughter to go to the Grey Havens right. and, and to, to live forever. And this comes out in Aragorn's conversation with Gladriel, where he says, I would have her leave these lands and be with her people. And in his fight with Elrond... Our time here is ending. Arwen's time is ending. Let her go. Let her take the ship into the west. Let her bear away her love for you to the undying lands, ere it will be evergreen. But never more than memory. I will not leave my daughter here to die. She stays because she still has hope. She stays for you. She belongs with her people. understands what he's saying and just leaves the space of conflict. Mm. And then he leaves altogether. Actually, it's it's that's the impetus for him leaving right. on this new journey. I don't know that there's anything else to say there, but the conflict within the family is a is a big part, I think, of his nineness is showcased through those episodes. Yeah. There is a scene, it's it's my favorite Aragorn scene, right before the Battle of Helm's Deep, and he comes up to a kid who's sitting there who's disheveled and fearful. And he says, Give me a soul. And the kids start spilling out all the things that the men are saying, how things are going to go badly. The men are saying that we will not live out the night. They say that it is hopeless. Aragorn, very physical. Here's your body type. Gets a sense of the weight of the sword, swings it around a bit, hands it back to the kid. This is a good sword. And then he looks him in the eye and says, There's always hope. That pushing into, that that struck me as a pushing into three, in the high side of three, like the mm. heroic side of three. It's yeah. uh, hope is the holy idea for threes, one. And two, he is creating a space for that kid to feel secure, safe, at peace yeah. in the midst of a very difficult situation. And yep. that's him being king. Yeah is elevating into even an aggressive posture of cheerleader almost. Yeah. And that's something that nines in their heroic side can take on that. Also, I suppose that's what it looks like at the end in his, in his last, you know, the speech that's given, it's like the Braveheart speech. He's going up and down the line. Right. Sons of Gondor, of Rohan, my brothers. I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. He clearly doesn't have like that really aggressive way of getting people up for battle, but he steps into that space and does and does the job. That's at least my take on that final speech. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's 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 finally stepping into a role and and presenting the image that is needed to sort of help spur on these people. And that's, that's like, that's a huge security move. And, and I, like you said, the heroic nine, I think that, that that's represented well there. It's, it is not a three doing this. It is definitely a nine drawing on the, the best parts of three. Yeah. To say we are all in this together. There it is. Yeah, if you look at the language. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. But we could flee. We could withdraw. 
There, he, he's actually outlining his temptations. We could hit the road and forsake all the bonds of friendship, but not this day. It's just all this, not this day, not this day. This day we fight! There's an interesting side there for the nine. It's, but it's pushing into the we're all in this together side that nines naturally bring. But it's right. also we're all in this together and we're going to engage conflict for the sake of one another. Conflict has to be wisely navigated by nines. Sometimes it is worth moving against, identifying, trying to shore up and heal. And sometimes conflict is what's necessary for the good of everybody and it's what's wise, yeah? Right. That's what I got on Aragorn. Yeah, Yeah, I don't have much else to say about him either. I'm sure we could. He's one of the central characters that actually is there through the whole film. (laughs) He's a central character. Well, the only other nine that we hit was... Martin Freeman's version of Frodo, if we landed there. Did we land there together? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you said it, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. But I'm going to argue five for throughout this whole recording. And then my, uh, you can describe the ones, and I'll tell you who my ones are. And, and then we got our list. I, I actually had one more nine that oh. was not on our original list. Do it. But I think it's still pretty important. Uh-huh. Treebeard. Oh, I meant to put Treebeard. I actually took notes for Treebeard. Let's talk about Treebeard. Okay. Great. Tre- uh, Treebeard is a fantastic representation of a nine. It's awesome. And and like almost like quintessential nineness. Yep. yep. Uh, well, what do you see there? Uh, my favorite line to represent Treebeard as a nine is when Pippin convinces him to to take them home by way of Isengard. Exactly. If we go south, we can slip past Saruman unnoticed. The closer we are to danger, the farther we are from harm. It's the last thing he'll expect. Mm -hmm. Which Pippin is just trying to get him to go to Isengard so he'll see the destruction. Mm -hmm. And Treebeard says, That doesn't make sense to me. (laughs) You are very small. You are very small. (laughs) Perhaps you're right. Like Treebeard, Treebeard, who is is older than Gandalf mm-hmm. and incredibly wise, uh, when they are having the Entmoot, when they're having the big gathering of the Ents, and yep. it takes them literally all day to say good morning. Right. He says, if it doesn't take a long time to say it, it's not worth saying, or something along those lines. Uh, and like looking at this hobbit says... I that doesn't make sense, but m- you are small, so maybe you're right. And like just just the merging that happens there is like okay, I'll go along with this. Mm-hmm. Very nine-ish. Yep. In fact, one of the first things Treebeard says is quintessential nine. I'm on nobody's side. Side. I am on nobody's side because nobody is on my side. Mm, yeah really cares about his space. Yep. Which is the woods. Yep. Uh, and and doesn't care about anything else. Doesn't care about anything else, right? Yeah. <laughs> the coming out of a heart of a nine, the language about the ent wives is hilarious. He oh, says, "Yes. We lost the ent wives. We lost them and now we can't find them. I don't suppose you've seen the ent wives in the Shire, which it's just the idea that you've misplaced your spouse." Yeah. <laughs> coming out of the heart of a nine, I could I could see this being the case. So, anyway, you got thoughts on that? Uh, he's also like, he's, he's just a, like in general, he's a, he's a peaceful nature loving, like he, he keeps to himself mostly. And like he, he, he represents this desire for things to be calm in a, in a, just in a really solid way. That comes out, it's kind of a throwaway scene, but there's a point where he's walking and he's he's essentially speaking poetry over the hobbits in order to get them to sleep. I believe you will enjoy this next one too. It's one of my own compositions. And that's, yeah, there it is. He's bringing this spirit of calm and rest. Right. And and speaking of sleep, so so they make we make lots of jokes about like the fact that nines are the the have the least amount of energy and and are always looking for a nap. Treebeard 
literally falls asleep in the middle of a sentence. Right. <laughs> right. Um, circling back to the council of all the ints, they land on peace. This is not our war. Right. right. But the pivot, obviously, is, is when he sees the destruction of Saruman, everything starts moving very fast. Right. Um, that wizard should know better. And he screams out to all the Ents in this yeah. rage. We typed uh, Groot as a nine when we did the MCU. And mm-hmm. there's, there's just a lot of that kind of yep. character. The yep. enormous, strong, heavy character who brings peace with them. Right. But when you provoke them, it unleashes in very aggressive Incredibly ways. Incredibly destructive ways. Yeah. They flood Isengard. <laughs> just dominate you. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, Treebird is based on C.S. Lewis and voiced by John Rhys-Davies. Who played Gimli. Boom. I didn't know that before, and then I, I saw that when I was doing some research, and like I just could not stop hearing John Rhys-Davies yeah. while listening to <laughs> Treebeard speak. It's like, oh, why didn't I know this before? Of course that's course it is it's true and i had also put theoden as nine but we'll talk about that another day there you go well you got uh what's the skinny on ones we'll circle back description of ones the final type and the cap of our body types ones are very concerned with doing what's right they are uh, they're they're looking to teach and guide and reform and fix the things around them, and to uh, make sure that they are are doing the right thing by their definition of whatever is right, and they want other people to do the right thing because your life can be better if you do the right thing. I got two ones, and TJ has one one. You have bo- Boromir just the one. one, just the one. I have Frodo as a one. That primarily comes from, a, I think that at the core, what is it that Frodo's deepest motive is? I want to say it's making his world better. That's really the thing that has spurred him to action. Um, but I think he lives in a lot of four space, and I think he lives in a lot of seven space. So True. in the Shire, he, he comes across much more joyful, but on the road, when things get hard, he becomes very introspective. Hmm. And then I think Elrond is a one. I think his idealism is what colors his character more than his knowledge. Sure. And so that's, that's, and TJ had El, Elrond as a five. And Frodo so, is a four. So we'll have that discussion. Yep. Bang. All right, man. Cool. Well, that's where we're at. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to, we got this, three. We, I'm, I'm, sh- <laughs> I'm so surprised at how this has gone compared to our other uh, typing podcast. Yeah, so, right. well, this is what we'll do then. We'll uh, we'll go our separate ways with uh, with our knowledge of each other's answers, and uh, we'll come back, start it up again, talk through each of these uh, these characters. So, it's a good place to to shut it down. You got any last words on on our typing deep dive here? Uh, I think this is a. a- fun example of our first point which is about why you shouldn't type other people (laughs) because we see very different characteristics in these characters that's it so so i suppose it's worth saying to those who might want to say see this is why the enneagram is trash you can't even type people when you're both experts it's also the case that all these characters are being created by a variety of folks who all right. have insights and input into who they are, what their motives are. And you're creating a person out of nothing as opposed right. to real people who actually have to act in the world. Right. And there's I mean, the, the cultural differences are on display. Uh, elves look different from mm-hmm. dwarves, look different from hobbits, look different from humans. And it, it's also the case that we cannot ask any of these characters these questions Mm -hmm. so there it is all right well friends it would mean the world to us if you take two seconds i say this every time but if you gave us two stars between now and the end of the podcast we would be so grateful and anytime people write reviews uh they mean the world to us we obviously look at those and they are 
They're precious. <laughs> uh, you can find the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org. We are establishing a presence on Patreon and moving half of our episodes over there. So if you'd like to see our whole catalog, you can check it out on Patreon. Um, shout outs on Twitter and Instagram are always appreciated. You can see my other podcast, the star Wars binge. It's very easy to find if you Google star Wars binge. Uh, but the best thing that you can do is share this episode with those you love, specifically people who are on the road trying to destroy the ring of power who need a little bit of encouragement. <laughs> you got anything else, DJ? I got nothing. Man. He's DJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook and who you aren't, isn't interesting. Be who you are. You'll set the world on fire.